What do you guys want to do? 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. <laughs> That's us, baby. Did you hear that? That's us. We resonate. That's the resonation across the nation of information. That's why we come here. Information set to beautiful music. (laughs) Welcome back, everyone, or welcome to the lounge for the first time. It is I, your buddy, Mortimer. They call me the magic man, Maine. This is my place. This is the Treehouse Lounge. I am your MC DJ selector. And we are going through the vinyl collection one record at a time. Loosely alphabetized. And I'm picking out one disc. I'm playing one or two tracks. Which I think are the best or most important songs. That's how we do it. So we're currently in the D's, baby. So as you may or may not have known, the band that we're going to be talking about today is... Duran Duran, Duran 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 Duran, <laughs> Boutros, Boutros, no just kidding, before we get to those guys let's talk about the movie we watched this morning while we were setting up the joint, it was 1990's farcical adventure comedy ski school, starring some guys that no one's ever heard of, but if you've ever seen the movie, you know it's awesome. I gotta recommend it. It's total 90s hijinks. It's like the spillover from 80s, I don't know, goof, beer-fueled romps into the neon 90s. And it's set at a ski resort in Whistler. And obviously there's like the bad guys who you know are rich and then the good guys are more radical dudes but they party more and everybody thinks they're dumb but you know they know how to use computers and stuff it's it's a lot like revenge of the nerd style 
The crazy thing about this movie really was though that there's two or three guys in ski school who were also in summer school. The movie Summer School from 1987 starring Mark Harmon where he's the teacher and these kids that are you know later on in ski school are actually in summer school which I thought was pretty cool but uh, I looked into it and uh, the it's not like the characters aren't related they have different names and stuff but still pretty neat so obviously those guys you know made that movie Summer School which was a hit and then they went on to make uh, Ski School which I hope was a hit Anyways, I recommend it. Let's get into the tunes. Let's get into the tunes. Here we go. Okay, Duran Duran. No, wait. First of all, I want to give a shout out. I want to give a quick shout out to my friend Shannon in Winnipeg, holding it down with her man Scott, who is, you know, quite imperfect. I've known this guy since we were in grade two. Ever since he peed his pants. I was like, well, he needs to be taken care of, you know? So keep doing what you're doing, girl. Maybe someday. Maybe someday, you know what I'm saying? Okay, Duran Duran. Formed in Birmingham, England, 1978. Birmingham. Birmingham, as they would say. These guys are considered a new wave band. There's five guys in the group. Three of them originally had the last name Taylor, and none of them were related, so that's pretty weird, I thought. In the 80s. These guys were massive, okay? Like the whole decade of the 80s were massive. And their debut coincided with the debut of MTV in America, which had a big influence on their success with what they were able to do. That has to be mentioned. And also these guys actually considered, some consider them like the first boy band. But they, all, they wrote all their own songs and they played all their own instruments. But dig this though, I have two records. This is one and only Duran Duran did, okay? I have two of their records. One is Carnival, called Carnival, which is a remix of some of their more popular songs. That's one we're gonna be listening to. But I also have one called Arena, which was from 1984. And I remember listening to some interview of like somebody talking about Duran Duran. I don't know when, maybe 10 years ago or so. And they were talking about how when these guys came out, the boy band thing was kind of bandied around about them because all these dudes are quite handsome dudes. And I'm looking at this insert that I have from the Arena album and there's like a five page insert where each of them has their own poster with their name and like they're glammed out. I will post this on the Instagram page because you got to see it. But I am now secure enough, you know, in my sexuality that I can admit um, some men are handsome. And it's crazy because these guys, like, three of them look like models. I know they're wearing makeup and stuff, but three of these guys look like they're, I don't know, made of, like, plastic or something. And then there's the one kind of one guy who doesn't do anything for me. I think that's Roger. Yeah, Roger is kind of like the mutt of the bunch. Anyways, it definitely didn't hurt in the 80s, probably the most superficial decade of all time, to be good looking in the music industry. Do you know what I'm saying? So they could sing, they could play, they wrote their own stuff, and they had a ton of visual exposure with MTV. Because it's kind of like, well, who cares if they're good looking if no one can see them, right? That's why we're talking about it was a big deal 
when the Doors and the Beatles uh, played, you know, shows like Ed, Ed Sullivan and Dick Clark, because all of a sudden people could see them, not just hear them. One of the things they did with the MTV is they really upped the ante on the quality of music videos that were coming up. So it's called Music Television. They really popped off, but a lot of the videos they played at first were filmed on videotape, like VHS, which is not as good quality as film, that they use movie cameras. So these guys started having their videos filmed in 35mm by professional filmmakers, professional film directors. And instead of what most other early videos were at the time, like just shots of the band playing a song, these guys started incorporating storylines into their videos. So you gotta watch Hungry Like a Wolf, which is Indiana Jones. And then Wild Boys is Mad Max. So they sold over 100 million records worldwide, which is a gigantic number. I thought this was pretty cool. Here's like their origin story. So the first two guys, I think most of these guys are like art school, art school guys. They met up when two of them worked at the same club called The Rum Runner in Birmingham. One was a DJ and one worked the door. Nearby, there was a club called Barbarella's, which was a reference to the 1968 sci-fi film of the same name. I've seen this movie starring Jane Fonda at like her most babelicious. You should check it out, I recommend it. Barbarella's, this place was popular. That's where The Clash would play when they were in Birmingham. That's where the Sex Pistols would play when they were in Birmingham. And so, Mr. Duran Duran was the name of a character in the film Barbarella. I'm pretty sure Duran Duran later came out with a song called Electric Barbarella, which I heard and then when I was working at the record store, someone brought in the DVD for uh, Barbarella and that's when I watched the movie and I was like, oh, I get it. It's the same Barbarella they're talking about. And then obviously Mr. Duran Duran too. I was like, oh, it all makes sense. Close that loop, you know what I'm saying? Okay, let's get into the tune, y'all. Let's get into the first big, big, big one. Because I'm a little hungry too, you know what I'm saying? Hungry for love and it's feeding time, baby, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Yeah. 
<laughs> remix! Remix! Did anyone notice the difference? So these guys, like I was saying, were big on image. They worked with influential designers to create their look. Giorgio Armani and Vivian Westwood, to name a few of the names that I recognize. And of course, they were big in the teen magazines, right? So the 80s was... Well, kids are always going to put posters on their walls, but I don't know, yeah, was did the 80s start heartthrobs? Or was that around in the 70s with the Farrah Fawcett poster? Or did the Farrah Fawcett poster start it and then the 80s just carried it on? Remember Tiger Beat? Stuff like that. <laughs> but they were super sexed up, though. <laughs> I probably don't have to convince you of that. In 1981, their debut album came out called Duran Duran. And the third single was a song called Girls on Film, which you probably know. Girls on Film. Da, 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 da. That video featured topless women, mud wrestling, pillow fighting, other stylized depictions of sexual fetishes. Pretty raw, R-rated stuff. But it's interesting because the video was filmed only two weeks after MTV launched in the US and was originally intended just to be shown in bars and places that had TVs. Like, if you remember the movie American Psycho, when they go to the bars, there's just a bunch of TVs playing random stuff. That used to happen a lot. I don't know I don't know if big clubs do that anymore. It's not really a club guy anymore, I'm saying. More of a lounge lizard than a club cat, you know what I'm saying? In 1982, Princess Diana said that Duran Duran was her favorite band. R.I.P. Diana. Oh yeah, get this. So after they popped off with their first album and second album, they spent like most of 1983 and 84 as acknowledged tax exiles in France. So they weren't living and making music in the UK because they knew they'd have to pay big income tax or whatever there. So they fucked off. Which is pretty whack because it's like... They're from Birmingham, nobody's rich, you get money, you get a little bit of money, and then you get a little bit more money, and then all of a sudden, you can't pay taxes anymore, you know, to use the services, like the police that work at your events and the hospitals that you need to go to if you're sick. And I learned about, the, I didn't even know this term tax exile uh, existed, so I guess uh, you can consider Phil Collins a tax exile as well, and like a million other rich people. It's kind of whack. But whatever. People get money, they change, right? Okay, one more thing. We're gonna leave. We're gonna leave on another track, but one more thing. It's just kinda interesting. I always talk about like hearing songs in the car with my mom. This happened again, man, with this band Duran Duran. In 1993, they had like a comeback album, which released a couple of big singles. One was called Ordinary World, and one was called Come Undone. And I remember being 10 years old and I saw the video for Come On Done, which of course was super sexualized. But I remember the line being my, it starts off, my immaculate dream. And I didn't know what that word meant. So once again, in the car, I remember, mom, what does immaculate mean? And she's like, it means very clean, you know, like really clean. And I was like, what? That doesn't make any sense in this context. I'm just like, my mom probably doesn't even know what she's talking about. You know, I'm going to trust the rock stars. Anyways, that's going to be it for me blabbing about Duran Duran today. I'm going to leave you with another big tune that I think you're going to like. But just to let you know, just to let you in on the situation, currently the Drake Blaster Blast Back debate from the uh, messages and emails that have been coming in. Currently 34 people think 
that Drake would blast back to only 17 that don't think he would blast back. So there you go. But keep that coming in, though. We can make a running tally of this. We don't have to just, you know, I'm not going to close the polls or whatever. But I'm going to say goodbye for another day. But don't worry, my friends. We're going to be back with some more of this good stuff in just 24 hours. So bring it back here then one time, baby. I will see you tomorrow. Peace, y'all. Peace. Enjoy this one. Dance it up.